It's Friday evening. It's five. It's five o'clock, and that can only mean one thing. That's right. It is. Um, it is uh, myself and Brian Colloran with you for the next two hours, uh, bringing you all things sport. And we hope you'll uh, you'll stay tuned and enjoy what we have. What we have today for you is myself and uh, Brian will be taking you through all the latest sport. Will be. Uh, Telling you all about our predictions for this weekend and uh, Martins and everyone else's anyone else that sent in their predictions, we'll be uh, we'll be mentioning them, and we'll also be discussing all the sports of the week as well, uh, all the events uh, that has happened. We'll be looking back on the um, on the Ireland's performance against New Zealand, and of course looking ahead to the World Cup uh, semi-finals this week, and uh, we'll also be. Uh, We'll also be reflecting on Ireland's performances uh, both against Greece and against uh, against Gibraltar as well, and uh, so and we'll also have um, we'll also have rugby view with myself and uh, Adrian Leddy, and of course we'll have athletics as well and some Jay with myself and. Uh, myself and um, Seamus Duke. So all that to come and stay tuned. We hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, I'd like to say thanks very much to uh, to Joe Bambrick for another great show with some great music. And of course, as always, as well, uh, Echoes of Aaron, uh, we'd like to say well done and thanks to uh, Louise McMahon as well for another great show and some great music and uh, Irish culture as well and, uh, and that as well. So thanks thanks very much. And of course, there's, there's lots of great pro- programmes uh, with great presenters on them here in Ross of M and uh, don't forget to uh, to tune in to Ross of M every day Monday to Friday uh, from 9 o'clock in the morning right through till 7 and uh, as uh, Joe already said there as well there could be extended hours as well so we'll bring you uh, some of that as well uh, we'd like to thank we'd like to say congratulations and well done to uh, to Michael Mannion on winning the, uh, the the prize draw and he wins 140 euros so well done there Michael and uh, you, you can choose in in many ways you can listen to us on Ross FM 94.6 on FM 94.6 on the website www.rossfm.ie forward slash live or indeed on the TuneIn app and uh, we as always we would love to hear from you if you have any views uh, opinions if you'd like uh, to say hello to someone or if you have, if you want if you have something that you want mentioned on the show, why not send them in? You can text it in or send it in on a WhatsApp message to 0838599748. That's 0838599748, and we will uh, definitely read it out. And of course, uh, like I said, there's some great sh- there's some great shows on Ross FM every day, Monday to Friday. So tune in on that as well. So uh, yeah, so like I said, Brian. Um, Interesting predictions, uh, I suppose. Like, like we always say, you know that the, the first round of matches in the Premier League and indeed around Europe, um, they're always kind of strange because you don't know what the matches would be like depending on injuries. Because as, as we know, there's those uh, two two matches in every international break. Uh, players can arrive back injured, and all of those things to the club that can affect um, performances in many ways. But um, yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, some uh, some interesting predictions, and I'm just going to go through them now. We have them here, and uh, now, and we have them here, and I'm going to read them out, and uh, we'll start off. Now we'll start off with the first ones, and uh, Emer from uh, she she works with uh, Emer works with Martin, and her predictions are she's going for in Liverpool versus Everton, she's going for Liverpool, and uh, Bournemouth versus Wolves, she's going for Wolves, 
Uh, Brentford versus Burnley, it's a draw. Uh, Man City versus Brighton, um, Man City. Newcastle United versus Crystal Palace, she's going for Newcastle United. Um, Not- Nottingham Forest versus uh, Luton, she's going for Nottingham Forest. And uh, Chelsea versus Arsenal. I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid, uh, Brian. It's uh, it's che- it's uh, Arsenal. She's going for uh, Sheffield United versus Manchester United. She's going for uh, Manchester United. And uh, on Sunday's matches, then Aston Villa versus West Ham. She's going for uh, Aston Villa. And Monday between Spurs and Fulham, she is going for Spurs. And then going on to the next round of games, then and. Uh, and then so then the next lot of our Martins as well in Liverpool versus Everton he's going for Liverpool Bournemouth versus Wolves he's going for Wolves Brentford versus Burnley he's going for Brentford um, Man City versus Brighton he's going for uh, Man City Newcastle United versus Crystal Palace he's going for Man- uh, Newcastle United uh, Notts Forest versus Luton Town he's going for Notts Forest uh, Chelsea versus Everton a draw and uh, Sheffield United versus Manchester United going for a Manchester United win there Sunday's game between Aston Villa and uh, West Ham he's going for an Aston Villa win and again on uh, Monday then Spurs versus Fulham going for uh, going for Spurs and uh, yeah so that's Martin and uh, so then we go on to uh we go on to Noel's prediction. Noel from uh, Tipperary there. Uh, he sends in his predictions every week. Thanks very much. And thanks very much to everyone who sends in their their um, predictions. Uh, for Liverpool versus Everton, he's going for Liverpool. Bournemouth versus Wolves, he's going for Wolves. Brentford versus Burnley, he's going for uh, Brentford. Man City versus... Uh, Brighton, he's going for uh, New. He's going for Man City. Uh, Newcastle versus Crystal Palace, he's going for Newcastle. Knott's Forest versus... Um, versus Luton he's going for Notts Forest uh, Chelsea versus Arsenal he's going for Arsenal Sheffield Sheffield United versus Manchester United he's going for a draw and that's coming from a Man United fan Brian what do you reckon of that one and uh, so and then on Sunday then Aston Villa versus West Ham he's going for a draw and then on Monday Spurs versus Fulham he's going for um, a Fulham a Fulham win or uh, a Spurs win there I should say and uh, moving on then to uh to the next round then and uh, this is uh, this is um, Eugene Walsh that's uh, Noel's dad and his predictions are Everton, uh, Liverpool versus Everton he's going for Liverpool Bournemouth versus Wolves he's going for Wolves Brentford versus Burnley he's going for Brentford Man City versus Brighton going for uh, <clears throat> going for City uh, Newcastle United versus uh, Crystal Palace going for Newcastle uh, Notts Forest versus Luton he's going for uh, Notts Forest, Chelsea versus uh, Chelsea versus Arsenal is going for Arsenal, and um, Sheffield United versus Man United he's going for Manchester United, and Sunday's game Villa versus West Ham going for um, a Villa win, and on Monday going for a Spurs win in the Spurs versus Fulham Fulham game there, and then uh, so then moving on then to. Uh, to Brian, uh, yeah, we we do yours there, Brian, in a minute, and uh, 
So then, uh, yeah, so we're going to, for Brian, for, and Brian is going to read out his mum's prediction. So um, I suppose I'll kick off with my with, with my ones, uh, and then we, we'll, uh, I'll give you the reasons kind of behind uh, behind my ones. Uh, Liverpool versus Everton, I'm going to go for Liverpool, obviously, look at, um, I suppose for me, Brian, Everton really haven't showed enough um, f- form, really, to say that, 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 that they're capable of, of beating Liverpool. That said, it's a Merseyside derby. They always lift their game for this. Um, I suppose um, you know it's come out as well that maybe Jurgen Klopp does, is kind of losing faith in uh, Joe Gomez. I think you know for the last number of matches he's gone for Matip in centre half uh, with Virgil Van Dijk. Um, but like really, it's when you see them up front, Diaz, Jota. Uh, Mo Salah, those kind of strong, you know, you, it's hard to see anything other than a, other than um, a Liverpool win. But like Everton do have some some good players as well. But you know, for for me, um, it's Liverpool to share that to come away with three points on that. Yeah, um, Everton have improved since uh, last season. Yeah, you know, Sean Dyche has had time to work with them. Um, but as you say, it's a Marissa Derby. Um, Everton will be up for it, but. Uh, yeah, as you said, as your prediction said, I think Liverpool just will share it. That's it. And moving on then to uh, Bournemouth versus Wolves. I went for for Wolves. Bournemouth, not again, kind of like Everton, but uh, you know, not really showing form. Wolves are do have a they have a, a good squad there, and they're they're kind of they're they're not too bad. Um, you know, yeah. So I went for Wolves on that one. Definitely one of the trickier ones to call of the weekend. Yeah, it is. Other teams are on a pair with each other. Yeah, and uh, Brentford versus Burnley. Um, you know, I suppose Burnley aren't too too bad. They're they're, they're kind of up from uh, from from the championship. Obviously, they were they were up in the Premier League before. Uh, but Brentford have uh, they're, they're kind of seasoned campaigners nowadays, and e- even without uh, obviously. You know, Ericsson has left. They still, uh, they still have a, a good goalkeeper. Not, not a bad defense. They're, they're, they're not too and too bad. Um, you know, they, they, they still have. Uh, they're still a good side, and uh, I'd say they, I'd say they should get the better of uh, of Burnley. But I suppose traditionally, like you know, I suppose going back even a few years, um, you know, Burnley can can prove to be a sticky team for 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 most for for some teams. Yeah, I think uh, Brentford now are the standard Premier League team. You know. You wouldn't expect them to be near uh, a relegation zone now, and uh, yeah, Burnley uh, knock it off to the start they would have hoped for. So another yeah, like like the previous fixtures, and another tricky one to call. That's it, and uh, Man City as well. Then uh, Man City are taking on Brighton. Uh, I had to go for Man City, obviously on form, quality of squad. Now look at uh, Brighton are playing in the Champions League, so that'll sharpen them up. Evan Ferguson is a key figure there as well. Um, you know they're doing well when you consider they're without Caicedo as well this season. They have given. They have uh, been trouble as 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 Liverpool <laughs> have discovered. They're uh, as well. They, you know, they, this is a Brighton team that are capable of giving the top teams a game. But I think uh, you know, even though even though Man City should win it, but I think uh, Brighton will give them a game. Yeah, like a few years ago, this fixture would have been easy to call, which yeah. shows how much Brighton have came on in the last few years with a turnover of players. That uh, it's it's now a tricky game to call, but uh, he went for City, so yeah. 
That's it. And uh, moving on to uh, Newcastle versus uh, Newcastle United versus Crystal Palace. Now, look at this. This is kind of straightforward when you, when you consider. Look, you know, you, you see who who's in charge. Obviously, you know he's he's really gotten uh, he's really getting a tune out of this Newcastle team. But he's also invested in the in the right areas as well, and he has uh, he has them playing a good brand of football. Yeah, he's true bit of business like he's bought. He hasn't like when, when uh, the new owners came over in Newcastle. Everyone thought like you know they want to start just throwing cash and buying players for the sake of buying players. But uh, shrewd bit of business and um, yeah, I think they're they're much further ahead uh, than Crystal Palace at the moment. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I went to New- for Newcastle on that one. The next one kind of an interesting one really but uh, I suppose with Bowen on experience I went for for Nottingham Forest against Luton Luton kind of I suppose they, they they aren't a bad side but you know first season up now in many years I think it's 20 or 30 years um, you know it's very hard to see them kind of getting a win in the early it's hard to see like when you when you look across their even their next five fixtures where, where they can get a win yeah. I went for Nottingham Forest on this one yeah it's these are the games Luton have to be targeting like and if they can't get points against Forest you'll have to worry about where they're going to get points from but uh, I can see why you went for Forest in the end yeah. just because they've had a season under their belt in the Premier League and uh, the next one is your team Chelsea take on Arsenal look at Arsenal I think we, we've said it here before uh, since the start of the season um, a few players but the, I think they've one or two injuries as well Arsenal but uh, I think Declan Rice has settled midfield uh, they've, they've some good stri- they've a good strike force as well um, you know there was that one like we, we discussed there uh, the, the change of goalkeeper in the previous game maybe not a good idea could have backfired yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know lucky game, enough look- every game he's going to settle and yeah. the Arsenal are a formidable team so yeah, I'd been surprised if you went for Chelsea in that one. To be honest, yeah, I'm a Chelsea fan. Yeah, so I went for I went for Arsenal on that one. Uh, Sheffield United and uh, Man United a draw. I know a lot of people will probably laugh at that one, but uh, you know Man United probably could win it. Um, you know when when you when you look at the start any starting team that they could put out, you would you would imagine that they'd have the uh, that they'd have the players. Uh, you know. When you look on on paper, on paper they, yeah. they on paper they have, That's but you never know. I mean, on paper, like, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to know what to make of Man United and away from home, especially like. And then you see just before the international break, two late goals from Scott McTominay. Yeah. To beat Brentford, you know, when you're relying on Scott McTominay to come off the bench and win your matches, you know, you're in serious trouble. And I suppose really for, for for Manchester United, even though they like, I mean, they have when you look through the squad, they have some good players, but they don't seem to be just gelling. Yeah, that's, yeah, they're not clicking at all for some reason. And you know, as we said on the show previously, the stuff that's going on off the field, you know, would say six months ago, everyone was full sure the Glazers were going to sell. Yeah. And I think deep down, the Glazers knew they were never going to sell. And I think they brought along, I just see Sheik, the Sheik from Qatar wrote a letter today, you know. Terence strips them said they only were entertaining him just to inflate the value of the club and uh, yeah off the field seems to be just a mess at the moment but uh, very important they get a win this weekend because mm. if they don't Ten Hag is going to be under serious pressure and uh, I seen there on the Sky Sports News this morning that I think they're all thinking about offloading Jaden Sancho like when you think about it he was bought for big money and he was supposed to be the saviour coming in yeah. on the wing so he hasn't really right. delivered, but no, not at all. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, uh, but I suppose for Man United too, you you could maybe kind of say that 
you know, or is it true in your in your opinion uh, that this was just a point I was thinking of? Is is it a case that like there are certain players that Ten Hag wants, but the Glazers aren't giving them the money to, or they're not sanctioning sanctioning the money to be able to buy those players that he need that could make a difference to this Man United team? I suppose United fans know more about the goings on in Man United more than I would, but as someone that's looking from the outside in, the Glazers can't. Be, in a certain aspect they can't be faulted for throwing money at United because like over the last 10 years they've been the highest spenders yeah. they spent one point, I think it was 1.2 billion in 10 years um, at some point you have to start questioning the players Yeah, you know like Harry Maguire for example they wanted to ship him out um, but he refused to go himself the move was on to go to West Ham he refused to go and Again, we touched on off the field comes on like, but again, I I don't know what's going on at Man United. Just look from the outside in. In my opinion, the Glazers can only take a certain amount of the blame. Yeah, that's it. And uh, but I suppose it. Look at games or games aren't one on one on. Uh, they're not one on off the off the pitch happenings. It's all about the you know ninety minutes of football, the eleven exactly. players that are playing for United, and uh, look, it's like I said, any starting eleven. When you look at that, there's some good good players in there. Obviously, Onana has been kind of unreliable. Um, we you know it's kind of the defence as well. Not not he too was, bad of a yeah, midfield, but it's just he was it was between Chelsea and United, and um, a lot of the Chelsea fans were outraged that the board hadn't put in a bigger offer hmm. to get him um, ahead of United but I think there would be one Chelsea fan now that would be sorry that to see him play for Man United because something mistakes he was brought in to play out from the back hmm. you know his shot stopping was perfect he was brought in to play out from the back because that's the type of football they wanted instead of you know Takea who's a free agent now and I'm sure he's sitting back somewhere <laughs> laughing at the goings on because some of his mistakes have been absolutely horrendous yeah, I think I think those reports that he was uh, he was actually watching the Man United ladies team. So that that, that goes to uh, you know yeah. if he's hanging around, is there a possibility they could bring him back? But look at that's that's all rumor. That's all rumor. I think look, they have what they have if now, they go and back to the we'll know we'll know more probably around Christmas what they're going to do. Maybe if they're going to sh- yeah, uh, back to the air, I think they can put the tin hat on it all together. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like you know. C- It'd be interesting to see when they offload any players. Try maybe try and offload Harry Maguire again, and maybe you know bring a, get rid of one or two other players and bring in yeah, other players. But like when you see one of Maguire, it's all right saying offload them. But if you're a player playing for Man United and you're on X amount of money, probably going to be on an extra hundred thousand of the club you're going to go to. Yeah, are you going to go away from that kind of money? I don't think so. Uh, well, he, he, uh, uh, if you're if you're to believe what it says in it says in the in the uh, in the news, it's he doesn't want to hang around forever. He wants to start playing again, and I think that's the same. With the money is one thing, and we all need money to live and all this. But the, these these players are on outrageous money. But I mean, at the end of the day, too, there is a football element, and you do want you do want to play yeah. because if you're not playing, your val your value goes down as well. So there's that there's that side to it as well. Yeah, we see Aaron Gray. He's not playing for Man United. Yeah, but then he gets picked for England. That that's weird. So, it is weird, but like he's obviously happy enough yeah. with that situation, and he knows well he's probably going to get picked. They've qualified for the Euros now. He probably he knows well he's going to get picked on that squad. He mightn't start come to crunch games because you know he mm. needs to be playing week in week out. But you see, the, the the element to that too is when he's playing for England, he's surrounded by to a certain extent is he's surrounded yeah. by better players that Absolutely, can yeah. you know. But he's still he's still prone to the odd mess up oh, well, for England. Yeah. 
that's and it. it doesn't help that his fans the English fans are booing as well when he's playing so yeah well that, that's wrong but sure so, so is uh, so is Henderson uh, yeah, from Liverpool like he's over he's yeah. been bo- he's been booed as well so I mean I don't think that's that's right I mean just because he went to, to Saudi Arabia to play soccer yeah. I mean at the end of the day regardless of where he's playing soccer he still he's, he still plays for, he still turns up and plays oh, for England you know was, that's ridiculous I think it was the stance he took against you know the LGBTQ rights um, over there and then as soon as he was got an offer he forgot about all them yeah so I can understand where they're coming from. You know, it's never nice to have your own fans booing you, but. Uh but see, this is a for for him. It's it's a footballing decision. It's not a religion or a or a political belief thing. It's he's got he's gone over there to play football. It's not. Uh, well, uh, it's football. Do you know? I'm guess a serious amount of money. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, because I think until I see one of the games he was playing in, there was a thousand people at. Yeah. So I can't imagine. I think ninety percent of his decision was money. But who can blame him? Like he's come to the end of his career. Well, that's family. it. You're getting about. Three hundred thousand pound more a week than what you're getting at Liverpool. Yeah, I'm not guaranteed you playing. He's sort of foolish to turn it down. Yeah, that that's it. And uh, then on Sunday for the Villa versus uh, West Ham game, I went for a draw on that one. Yeah, tricky fixture. Yeah. Yeah, like I could have went for Villa because you know Villa are they, they are doing well, they are showing good form, but kind of. Yeah, I suppose West Ham are kind of showing mixed, but they're they're that's what they're kind of fairly even, really. I suppose yeah, maybe you could just say that maybe Villa would just shade it, but on form they're kind of they're yeah, thereabouts they are, together, you know. Exactly, yeah. It could, it's game that could go either way, but I think even with my predictions, we'll see in a minute. Like a lot of them tight games, you just sort of tip the prediction to the home team. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And of course, look at uh, I think we all I think we all went for uh, for Everton or for Spurs in this one. Spurs versus Fulham. This game is on Monday, uh, Monday evening and uh, Monday evening kickoff. Uh, Spurs. Well, look, what can we say that they are they're t- they're not top for no reason. They are a quality yeah. side this year. I mean, the 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 new manager has really kind of. He has a good. He has them playing a good brand of football, and especially you know when you consider that uh, Harry Maguire, one of their best players, yeah. has up, has has went to uh, has gone to Bayern Munich, and the, and now they're playing. But I suppose that means that Song now can uh, you know he, he he's paddling his own canoe now, as in like he he's the standout player there up front. He's the he, he's the man now, and I think that's that's allowing him. He, the Pastelaglu was um, he gave him the uh, chance to expose express himself, kind of in the similar role that. Uh, Harry Kane did yeah. so I mean that that's what's making him a better player but also not not just him but um, yeah, I mean the, the the starting 11 yeah like it was just I was thinking there this game was the first game of the season I think a lot of predictions would have been draws maybe a full the odd full and win because no one knew what we were going to get with Tottenham such with the new magic men and Kane um, been sold but you know you, you have to be impressed with the job he's done so far you know, I'm sure there's going to be bumps along the road, but you know they're winning, winning games against big teams, winning hard-fought games against the lower teams. You know, when you you think they would, like for example, two weeks ago when they playing Luton, you would have thought that'd be a four or five nil win for them. But you know, they ground out a one nil win, and if Tottenham win the league or come second, they look back on them games as you know the games that probably did win them the league. 
That's it. And just, uh, I'll just read out Dara's, sorry, before we go on to yours and your mum's uh, there, uh, Brian. And uh, so Dara's predictions are Liverpool versus Everton. He went for Liverpool. He's a fellow Liverpool fan. Uh, Bournemouth and Wolves, he went for a draw. Um, Brentford and Burnley, he went for a draw. Uh, Man City versus Brighton he went for Man City Newcastle United versus Crystal Palace he went for a Newcastle win Notts Forest versus Luton he went for a, Newton, uh, for a Notts Forest win uh, Chelsea versus, Ar- uh, versus Arsenal he went for a draw uh, Sheffield United versus Man, Man United he went for uh, a Man United win Sunday um, Aston Villa versus West Ham like myself he went for a draw and uh, Monday Spurs versus Fulham he went for um for a Spurs win. So, what are your th- what are your thoughts on those predictions? I think they're more or less all around the same, and yeah. aren't they all the predictions? Well, yeah, more except just a few odd games, you know. Yeah, go either way, like City and Spurs and Arsenal. If you get them three fixtures out, whoever they're playing, like every other team, could easily nick points off another team. So, yeah, it's very hard to call on a weekly basis. And that, that brings us on to you and your mum's predictions, uh, Brian. I'll do Mary Collins first. Uh, Liverpool versus Everton, uh, she went for Liverpool. Bournemouth v Wolves, a draw. Brentford v Burnley, uh, Burnley. Man City v Brighton, Man City. Newcastle v Crystal Palace, Newcastle. Nats Forest versus Luton, a draw. Chelsea versus Arsenal, a draw. Sheffield United versus Man United, Man United. Aston Villa v West Ham, Aston Villa. And Spurs v Fulham, Spurs. Now for my own predictions, I went for Liverpool v Everton, I went for a Liverpool win, i just seen a stat there this morning, Everton haven't won in the last 25 visits to Anfield, except for a 1-0 win when uh, there was no fans in Anfield, <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know that just shows the task they have, um, big blow for Liverpool, Andy Robertson picking up an injury. Yeah, it's against Scotland an arm injury. He's a yeah. huge loss. Um, but you know, Simicus has played well for. Uh, he's been playing well for uh, Greece. He's mm-hmm. he's done well for Greece, but also Liverpool when he's when he is slotted in there. So he's yeah, not too bad. He still he wouldn't be near the level of Andy. Oh no, he wouldn't. Know. But, but Andrew Robertson is going good going forward. Yeah, I think Simicus is better going forward defensively. Mm. You know, I think he's probably worse than Trent defending. So, but like you know, as you said, it's Merseyside derby. Everton will be up for it, but Liverpool fire too much firepower, you know, when you go Salah, Diaz, yeah. Nunes, Gakpo, yeah, too much. Uh, Bournemouth three Wolves are in for a draw, you know, a tricky fixture. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get with either team. Mm. You know, if you uh, if you keep Neto quiet for Wolves, you have a good chance of winning, but then Bournemouth, you know, just really struggling. They didn't really get the new manager bounce, um, and they're very easy to play against, so but I want for a draw. Burnley, Brentford and Burnley, uh, another tricky one. Um, Burnley, if you know their bottom or maybe second bottom, they seem to be playing well, but just not getting the results. You know they even played well against Chelsea, but you know in the Premier League, if you don't score, you're going to get beaten. They lost four-one to Chelsea. They played well. Um, Brentford don't look the same since Tony has been suspended. Hmm. You know, against struggling to score goals. Um, but I got for a draw. I think Burnley would pick up a point. Man City against Brighton. I went for Man City, but it's going to be a very hard game to call. Mm. Um, I just read there this morning, in the last 24 games across all competitions, uh, Brighton against City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Newcastle, Tottenham, Arsenal, 
Brighton have won 13 of those fixtures and scored 43 goals and conceded 31. So that's that's, serious, stamp, that's you know, good, isn't it? Yeah. Very impressive. Like they're averaging two goals a game against the big hmm. in Vertigo as the big six. And when you consider, you know, one of their one of their best players, Evan Ferguson, was injured for a, a time in that as well. Yeah. So that that's where that makes it even more impressive. I, as we've said on previous shows, and we keep harping on about it. You know, where they find the players from. You know, one of their best players could be injured. Someone else slots in. You know, like I think Matoma's out mm. for the weekend, which is a big loss because he's playing exceptionally well. But you know, a new player comes in there, just as good, if not better. Um, yeah. So, but even I think. City aren't the same without De Bruyne. Yeah. You know, that's obviously saying, you know, without your best player, you're not the same. But, like, Haaland isn't getting the same service when De Bruyne's not there. Mm. And if you can cut off the service to, to Haaland, you have a chance. But because City are at home, going to go for a City win. No problem. Newcastle against Palace. We've gone for a Newcastle win. Um, Newcastle, if you've off the field problems with the, the new signing. Um, Tony Oli he's been investigated for betting while he was playing for um, I think it was AC Milan um, so he was a big summer signing so if they're going to be missing him they might have a few problems but um, Palace just you don't know what you're going to get with Palace you know Eze and Elise I see are out injured and that's two of their best players two of their best attacking players um, can't see them even score so I'm going for Newcastle game uh, Forest against Luton went for a Forest win you know, as I said earlier um, these are the games Luton will be expecting to pick up points and if they can't pick up points here you know you, you, you wonder where they're going to get the points uh, Chelsea against Arsenal unfortunately and luckily have to go for an Arsenal win um, the international break I suppose came at the wrong time for Chelsea you know they just got a few good runs together um, but then again you could say with Arsenal having just bet City the week before um, you know they're just so good all over the pitch you know Declan Rice brilliant defensively um, they're the only team in the top four divisions not to concede a goal away from home so uh, a mammoth task for Chelsea but yeah Chelsea's attack isn't even though they scored four against Burnley coming up against Arsenal is a different animal altogether and just can't see where Chelsea are going to get the goals to beat Arsenal Sheffield United against Man United you know, said on paper it should be an easy win for United but they're just really struggling this season um, Sheffield United I heard the manager saying they've an awful lot of injuries I think 11 players out injured for Sheffield United uh, Casemiro's got injured for United yeah. it was a big loss um, but I think United will get the win but I just about just scrape it I think that's it yeah. yeah Aston Villa against West Ham I've gone for a draw you know, as we were saying, two teams evenly matched, and just because Aston Villa playing at home, mm. I went for Villa. And Spurs and. F- oh, I went for a draw, sorry. just I went for a draw in that game, actually, sorry. Yeah, just two evenly matched teams. Um, and then Spurs and Fulham, I went for Spurs. Um, just Spurs are just playing unbelievable football under Postacoglia. And um, yeah, I expect them to get the win there. That's it, and uh, I, I think everyone went for that. For that, yeah. I think you know, uh, understandably, when you think of the squad, yeah. So I have to lose sometimes, Spurs. Well, you that's know, it. I don't think they're going a full season unbeaten, and 
it's going to be it's going to be very interesting and uh, just to just to bring people up to date on the Roscommon District Football League the fixtures for this weekend um, they start off tonight in uh, at uh, Friday night uh, the 20th in the Premier Division Castery Celtic are at home to CP Ajax and that uh, Ajax and that is at 8pm in the Roscommon District Football League Women's League Shivan Rovers take on St. Coons at Hasker United at 8pm on Saturday the Reserves League Boyle Celtic take on Shivan Rovers at 7pm CP Ajax take on Roscommon United at 11am Ballinagar Manor versus uh, Sky Valley Rovers at 11am and Dunmore Dunmore Town versus Moor United at 11am and on Sunday then there's a full round of um, there's a full round of uh, Connacht, uh, Connacht Cup men's round one fixtures uh, Ballymo FC take on uh, Corfin United uh, Ballasadere take on Ballinagar Manor uh, yeah I'm looking forward to that one that's uh, we're, we're away to uh, Ballasadere um, they're going to be that's going to be an interesting one Drumhair FC take on Sky Valley Rovers Kishvarga take on um Glen, Glen Celtic and Kiltulla Pioneers take on Clunfad United Clare Morris take on St. Coons uh, Dunmore Town take on Clare Morris Celtic or Cam Celtic and uh, Eris Eiris take on Moylox 79 and in the Premier Division and uh, these uh, there's a, a, a 2 your a 2 p.m. kickoff Boyle Celtic are at home to Murray United. That's uh, that's um, the the champions for the last two years. Was um, well, Boyle, Boyle Celtic are, are a very good side. Uh, Mike McCargan is uh, playing very well for them at the moment. Uh, against last year's uh, Premier Division champions, Murray United that kicks off at two p.m. and St John's Athletic are at home to uh, Ballinasloe Town at eleven a.m. And uh, in the women's league, Boyle Celtic take on Cam Celtic. They're at home to. Uh, Cam Celtic at 11am Palahadrine are at home to uh, to Kilcarran United at 2pm and uh, Ballinasloe Town are at home to uh, Castlery Celtic at 2pm and uh, that's the fixtures for for this weekend so uh, after this myself and um, myself and Brian will be will be uh, bringing you all the latest our points our points of view on uh, all the latest uh, all the latest uh, sporting sporting stories and that's coming up after this Hello and you're very welcome back to uh, Friday Sport with myself Aidan Rafferty and of course my co-host um, Brian uh, Brian Colleran and uh, yeah we're going to bring you all the, the latest uh, views and I suppose we've done the predictions now uh, and the Premier the the uh, Roscommon District League and I suppose um you know, uh, for the Roscommon District League, the county side, uh, the preparations have uh, are are continuing. We had a a friendly uh, a friendly against uh, against um, against uh, Willow Park there on on Wednesday there, and uh, we had a four three win. Uh, it was good to, a good run out uh, ahead of uh, our game away to uh, Sligo Sligo Leitrim on Sunday week, and. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, we're we're gen- we're trying to uh, you know get familiar with the style of play and things like that. So uh, yeah, it's it's going well now, and uh, it's just a matter of getting one or two players back from from injury. And uh, you know, hopefully hopefully we can get a win on Sunday week. And uh, Balnagar Manor, yeah, like I said there, um, Balnagar Manor, we're away to Balasadere in the Connacht Cup that kicks off at two p.m. in Balasadere. Uh, not not too familiar with this side, uh, but uh, you know ourselves. We're going into this fixture. Uh, we won two. We played two one two in the league. Uh, had a good uh, had a good uh, run out against um, 
against Boyle Celtic, their reserves team, and we won that six six one. Uh, that was a good a good little run out. And uh, yeah, so and uh, then bringing you up to date then with G Roscommon G A, uh, former Roscommon uh, Roscommon footballer. Uh, Niall Kilroy has uh, has retired from the intercounty game. He has been uh, uh, he has given huge dedication and uh, service to Roscommon football over the years. But he will continue to uh, to play for his club Fiorty. So we'd like to wish him all the best in his retirement. So that brings us on to looking back at. Uh, Ireland versus the All Blacks. Not not a great day at the office. I suppose the key thing to this, uh, Brian, is you know the Black, the All Blacks had a good start. Um, you know a few things went wrong for Ireland in, in certain areas. But then I suppose in the second half, you know we did make a we did make a good comeback in the second half. Uh, maybe one or two things. Maybe you know there was one uh, try we scored, but the 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 All Blacks one of the All Blacks players got his hand just under the ball so that that was a, a try that was disallowed um you, not not cast and blame but there, there was one uh, there was one pa- there was one penalty there that, that Johnny Sexton missed that would have been near maybe we could have if we got that we could have done that and not not blaming him no. world class player gave great service to Ireland over the years um you know hopefully he, he, you know I'm sure he'll give great he'll give Continue to give um, great service in in, in another capacity, um, yeah. Like a bit, but overall, overall a positive experience this year when uh, in this year's World Cup compared to the previous one. Uh, a lot of a lot more boxes take this time than the last time, but uh, still a few things to work on. Yeah, there's a fine margin at elite levels. Yeah, um, yeah. Usually when we come away from World Cups after a semi or quarter final defeat, the whole team is deflated, wondering where we want to go, but. It's different this time, I think, you know. Mm. But when you give the All Blacks an 18 0 lead, you know, yeah. you're going to struggle to win a game, even though apparently people are saying this All Blacks team isn't one of their best teams. They're still an All Blacks team in a World Cup quarter final. And if you give them that much of a lead, you know, you're going to struggle to beat them. But yeah, the lads can't be fought of effort, you know. To go 18 0 down and bring it back and have a chance to win it, you know, getting held up at the line probably should have given the ball back you know with the new rule change when you go over the line held up it's a drop goal instead of a five metre scum players should be aware of that now you know and not be trying to get over the line when you're not 100% going to get over the line yeah. but um, yeah just just extremely disappointed for the lads who have given so much to the country over the last month month and a half um, I don't think we capitalised when they went down they went down to 14 men twice during the game and don't think we capitalised as much as we could have um, which I'm extremely disappointed we thought we had it at the end you know 30 phases you know getting close to the line with every phase but uh, yeah unfortunately um, disappointed in the end yeah, and I suppose really, look, we're all we're all going to be hugely sad to see uh, Johnny Sexton hang up, hang up his boots. But like I said, he gave he gave great uh, he gave great service, and really, you know, for the for the fly half position, you know, there's a there, there's an amount of reaches there for for I mean Crowley played well in in uh, you know friendly matches and things like that and the, yeah. the couple of games that he came on maybe I think against uh, Romania uh, Tonga you know he did he didn't do anything wrong but I'd say Ross Byrne you kind of have to you know the, the, there's a good choice there for uh, for fly halves and then then look who knows for I suppose when you look at it from a comic point of view if uh, if Jack Carty uh, does does his stuff now you know maybe he maybe he might be in with a, a shout of maybe getting into it but you probably have to say at this stage maybe Ross Byrne will be will, will, probably get the shout as number 
Yeah, I definitely would like. I'm sure them lads would have learned so much, you know, been in the camp with Johnny Sexton ahead of them, you know. But maybe Andy Farrell didn't have much faith in them, you know, when you see Johnny Sexton at 38 years of age mm. playing the full game in the quarter final of a Rugby World Cup. You know, every other game he's been taken off when he's run out of steam. Does Andy Farrell trust him at this stage? It's hard to know. Um, well, maybe, maybe he saw maybe, maybe Jonathan, Jonathan Sexton because Jonathan Sexton, to be fair, he has been out long term with an injury, and maybe like he came back for this World Cup, it was always going to be his last World Cup. But maybe to a certain extent, that's why he retired because maybe he saw the writing on the wall and he said, "Right, it's better to be to retire than to be pushed." I know Johnny, Johnny Sexton is still at thirty eight years of age, still world class, you know. Oh, he is no, but I'm just saying, like if yeah, yeah, Ross Byrne. I'm uh, saying, I like, I mean that from the point of view of, you know, if you're if you're looking forward to the next World Cup, oh, as yeah, in, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, like them two lads are, are playing exceptionally well for Leinster and Munster, mm. respectively. Like so, um, don't get me wrong, they're very very good players, but I think um, they might need a year or two to be bedded into the squad. Yeah, um, and experience more big games than what they previously had in the future. That, that's, that's it. That's all, yeah. that's all I mean by Andy Farrell not trusting them, of course. Yeah. He brought them to the World Cup and played them in the World Cup. Yeah. But um, in high-pressure games, maybe they haven't played enough international-level games yeah. to be brought on to try and win a game for you against the All Blacks in the quarter-final. And you see, with a player like that, is you have the choice. Do, do you start him and take him off with about 60 minutes gone yeah. or whatever it is, or do you leave him on the bench and bring him on? Um, but you see, the thing is, you know, against the li- against the likes of South Africa, against Scotland, even though we won that well, and against the likes of uh, the All Blacks, you need his experience. Oh, yeah. Well, so yeah, we had to start yeah, him in those games. Exactly, all our games in the World Cup, we've made great starts. You know, against Scotland, the game was over mm. in ten fifteen minutes. You know, all our games perfect start. But just this game went the opposite way for us, but did remarkably well to come back into it. Because not many teams. You're down against the All Blacks 18 0. Mm. They usually just keep putting their foot on the throat, but did extremely well to come back into it. And just when you see the teams that have made the semi final, it just makes it a harder pill to swallow. You know, England, who finished fourth in the Six Nations, their manager under pressure coming into the World Cup. Um, you know, that that's you know, if there was two, four semi finalists that were much better than us, you'd be thinking, no, that's not too bad. But the way the draw was. Kind of yeah, I think and Adrian Eddy will uh, you'll you'll hear about that. Uh, you know, I'll be talking to Adrian Eddy in a few minutes, and he kind of made that point. Um, if if you were to look at the World Cup as a whole, the, if there was one fault you'd pick out, it was the way the the way the draw was done. But okay. it has to be said, France France did a great job on hosting it and, and everything and everything was. But, Absolutely, uh, yeah. Because yeah. if you look back on the quarterfinals, like the Ireland New Zealand game. The France South Africa games, like them games were just worthy of a final, yeah. Let alone a fourth final. I think World Rugby, I think, uh, missed a trick there. Mm. The, the, them four teams are much ahead, yeah. Of your they would have been uh, like Ireland, Ireland versus the All Blacks, and maybe South Africa versus uh, I don't know, like someone, <laughs> one of the other top teams. They they would have been ideal semi finals, oh, yeah. you know, if they France, like, yeah, you know. They would have, would have been the best semi-finals and the yeah. best finals, but um, but that yeah, that's the way it is, I that's suppose. The, that's the way it is. If you, you want to get the final, you have to beat 
who's in front of you you know you can't complain about the draw that's it and uh, that takes us on to the to the semi-finals there and I suppose lo- looking at All Blacks versus Argentina Argentina aren't a bad side but look at when you see what they what they what, what they did to Ireland um, you, you know in Ireland Ireland were ranked or are ranked number one in the world uh, you know when you see what Argentina is can uh, you know can, can they can they stop I can't see them being able to stop all the All Blacks from having the same sort of start that uh, that they had against Ireland. No, I can't see it. Like news, like Argentina came into this tournament with a lot of hope, you know, of topping the group, and you know they lost to England. Um, twenty was it lost England by like twenty points, and hmm. you know England had a man sent off in the first half, hmm. and Argentina couldn't beat them. And playing New Zealand in the semi-final of the World Cup. As I said, like New Zealand are a different animal. Yeah. In the knockout stage, like they really bounced back from losing the first game against France, and uh, you know, I'm sure Argentina have confidence in their own ability, and oh, yeah. you know, they've played yeah. enough times in the Super Rugby Championship um, to know how to beat them. Yeah. Can they beat them? Is a different story. But uh, you see, it's like it's like we said, and as Ireland as Ireland would would say. You know, Ireland beating uh, Ireland beating the All Blacks in a in a friendly or November international or on a tour, a summer tour or something like that. That's that's one thing, but it's they're di- they're a different animal, and especially at the knockout stages, it, they're a different animal. It's a different animal, yeah. They're they're bred, they're made and bred for World Cups. That's it, and uh, you know that takes us on to England versus South Africa. Um, I suppose some people would say, look, you, you know the. <laughs> Uh, England were kind of waiting to peak in the World Cup they were kind of you know a lot of people would say oh you know they were bad and all this that and the other but I think they were waiting in the long grass for this and this is where they, they were maybe they were saving their, their best uh, their best wine for last mm-hmm. but I still I can't say like when, when you look at this South African team they're, they're like we've seen the, the problems that they gave Ireland in the in the group stages exactly. I, it's very hard to see beyond South Africa in this one no I can only see a comfortable for South Africa yeah uh, like England finishing fourth in the Six Nations, um, you know, very poor tournament, and they came in. You know, they were written off coming into the tournament, and it, that was they got lucky with the side of the draw they were on. Great start, great win over Argentina, that gave them confidence. But then you see them playing against Samoa, uh, only for a late try. Danny Kerr late try, I think it was, um, got them over the line. Uh, quarter final, let Fiji back into it. Fiji had a man in the bin for ten minutes. Um, you know, it was level with ten minutes to go, and just a late flourish by England. Um, but it, if they made three changes, um, Marcus Smith has come out of full back. Um, so it's a position they seem to struggle with full back. Mm. And I think South Africa will put a lot of ball in the air mm. and put the full back under pressure. Um, and you just see, like in the quarterfinal, South Africa. After ten minutes, you thought they were dead and gone. Mm. You know, France just uh, obliterated them in the first ten minutes. But they came back into it, didn't change the game plan, stuck to it, and uh, won out in the end. And yeah, I can't see anything other than uh, South Africa with just too much firepower. You know, the guys on the wing, Colby, had a game for the ages in the quarterfinal. I think they carried that on. Yeah, it's going to be. It's uh, so. I suppose if we look, we, we we'll talk about this in more depth uh, when we know the uh, uh, ne- on next Friday's show. But uh, it's kind of you know with, with this kind of discussion, like what we've just said, it's hard to see anything other than a South Africa South Africa All Blacks final. No, like England, 
wouldn't like to be going in having a, anyone giving them a chance like they mm. prefer to be underdogs mm. you know it's them against the world and you know of course they can win they have a chance they're playing in the game Yeah. but I just can't see it South Africa and New Zealand are much further ahead yeah that's it and uh, you know so uh, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting rugby this weekend one game on Saturday one game on Sunday so uh, for rugby fans we're going to faces next Friday if it's an Argentina uh, well sure look that's, that's the name that's of the game you know yeah, it's uh, that's uh, that's the joys of uh, I suppose presenting the programme yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we might see if, if someone can donate tickets yeah, yeah. And, I don't know what are you messing but uh, yeah, it's, uh, either way it should be uh, no matter who's in the final it's going yeah. to be it's going to be good for, it's going to be a good final so and I suppose just to let people know um, we'd like to say I suppose last weekend was um, was uh, a big weekend and I suppose it belonged to the boy ladies footballers who had a great win well done to them and uh, we'd like to say a huge well done who they defeated uh, Clan Gale in the final well done to them and of course they're out this they're out this Sunday at 11am they're playing Manor Hamilton so we'd like to wish them the very best of luck um, you know I've seen them I've been following them since uh, you know they were in intermediate they were kind of in hard luck a couple of times not to get into the senior to, into the senior ranks they got into it this year and the first time of asking uh, they got to the county final and won it so well done to them and uh, you know the, the future looks bright and boiled because uh, you know they have some good players coming through as well so uh, we'd like to wish them all the best and of course they have a chance of doing the double uh, you know that was a historic win um, Brian you know the, the the one last the, the one last weekend uh, that that was a huge history for them and now it's a, I suppose it's a tough ask, tough ask for the the, the men's team they're up again they're playing St Bridges uh, the Kingpins when you when you look at the players they have now Brian Boyle have some serious players as well uh, folks you know when you when you look at the fours uh, you have the um, the two Smiths Kim McEwen and Derek Craig you know you've all these these players but um you know, it's uh, this is a serious um, St Bridges team that uh, they're up against. Um, you know, obviously, if they, if Boyle win it, it's uh, it's the double for for them, and that that would be great. And of course, Boyle going into uh, the Connacht Championship as well. But I think um, St Bridges will. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. But I'd say Bridges should just shade it. Uh, if you've any points of view on that, just uh, or, or on that or anything we've discussed so far, send a text or WhatsApp message into zero eight three eight five double nine seven four eight. That's zero eight three eight five double nine seven four eight. And we'll uh, be delighted to. Read it, read it out, and uh, I'd like to say hello to everyone that's uh, listening, and of course Louise, and uh, of course Joe as well. Louise, my man there, who's tuned in, and of course uh, Joe, Joe, um, Joe Bambrick as well. Indeed, all the staff. We'd like to say uh, a big thank you to them, uh, and uh, well done on all on all their shows. So uh, next up after this, we have um, myself and Adrian Letty will be talking about all things rugby, and that's coming up after this. Hello everyone, how are you doing? You're very welcome to this week's um, Rugby View with myself, Aidan Rafferty. And of course, as always, to talk all about all things rugby, we have Adrian Leddy from Craig's Rugby Club. Hello, Adrian, how are you? Are you well? I'm good, Aidan. Uh, back in, back in home style um, after a great month away in France. And uh, I'm not uh, too happy with the weather, but it's, uh, it's a big change from going around in a T-shirt uh, for the last month in France. But... Uh, we, you know, it's nice to be home. Nice to be back, back in the ticketings again and ca- catching up uh, with everybody. So, 
it'll take you a week or two to reacclimatize from the light, nice warm weather. <laughs> So it might, it might end, but uh, standing stand along a touchline now with, the, with what's at the weekend, uh, you know, with the Connacht are back and um, we're we're back ourselves and a lot of underage and uh, yeah, yeah, you'll be climatized fairly quickly now over the weekend. It's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And uh, uh, it's it, it's as I do always say, it's nice to go away, but it's nice to come home again and be back among right. our own as well, isn't it? So uh, yeah, so I suppose we. We will uh, kick off as we always do uh, with mini rugby, and then uh, what was going on? What's going on at underage level in Craig's? Yeah, uh, mini mini rugby is uh, uh, going from strength to strength. And uh, last week, last weekend, uh, we we took on uh, for the World Cup. We uh, supported by by IRFU. Uh, we took on a full blitz in in Craig's. Uh, and uh, over 300 youngsters uh, took part in it. A great occasion, a great advertisement uh, for yeah, mini rugby. Uh, we had people down from Dyer View, a lot of people down from uh, Connacht Rugby. And it's great to, to have the type of facilities that, that we have in Craig's. And, you know, the coaches and the voluntary support that we have in Craig's as well. Because uh, unless you have a team of people, when you bring your own over 300 uh, young uh, mini rugby players to to a particular club. You need to have plenty of supervision. You need to have plenty of coaches. You need to have referees. Uh, so it, it does take a, a, a lot to put on um, a fixture uh, of, of that calibre within the club. So And then to make sure that they're all looked after afterwards. So uh, again, uh, compliments to... To everybody that was involved in, uh, 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 to the the coaches, to the the supporters, to the you know the referees. Um, well, well done because uh, it, it was a credit. Uh, the feedback that I have got from Connacht Rugby and from the review that they were so impressed by the way it was running, Greg's. And of course, I think uh, the centre of that too is when you're when you're catering for three hundred kids, like you were saying there as well. Uh, the amount of uh, the amount of pitches you have as well is is key to it as well because you know it's a, it's a lot of kids, so you need a, you, you need a good few pitches. And I suppose that's a testament to uh, I so I suppose the people over the years that had the vision to say like you know from the days when you just had one pitches to where you are now, where you have four or five pitches. That's kind of uh, you, you know, it's great to see that 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 was thanks to the vision of uh, people throughout the years, and uh, I suppose bringing bringing the club to where it is now, and I mean to the level where, as, as we we are always saying, uh, a lot of underage players and things like that, um, you know, getting into the various uh, Connacht underage teams as well, which which is great, and of course to be able to host uh, the amount of blitzes that you do throughout the year, and I suppose colleges rugby and. Uh, you know, schools, schools matches and things like that. It's it's great to see. Yeah, there's a couple of things in that, Aidan. One is what you were saying is the foresight uh, of the of the of the club to see the growth in rugby and to see the the need that we needed to have more accommodation to deal with the uh, uh, amount of uh, youths and mini rugby that we were catering for, and we were we were renting various places, and again. We, all, all thanks goes to uh, the, 
to Dunhamon uh, for the use of their of their, their grounds uh, while our own grounds was being developed as well and, and over the years for their support. Uh, again, uh, that, that uh, when I started off mini rugby, um, uh, when I came when I came to the club in '88, little did I think that it would grow into the the numbers that we have today and the way that rugby has really taken off. Uh, like it's a it's a huge task now uh, to to run a club when you have that type of numbers. Like when you were talking about a couple dealing with a couple of hundred boys and girls uh, at mini rugby level. Then you have all age groups then from 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, up the whole way uh, with boys and girls now as well. And that's, uh, you know, takes a, a lot of power, takes a lot of uh, people within the club uh, to, to run to run it. And actually, you know, if it takes a lot of money to run it. And uh, all combined, uh, uh, the community, uh, the efforts that's been put in there, uh, both both uh, voluntary work, um, financial support uh, is is absolutely fantastic, and uh, um, like it's it's something that that a uh, lot of clubs um, when they come around to see the development within Craig's, they they just wonder how this can happen in a small little village like like Craig's, and that here we have big cities in Galway, uh, in towns uh, across the country. And they have near the facilities that uh, we have in Craig's. But that's you know we're not we're 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 not boasting about it, but we're we're uh, we're proud of it, and we're proud that we have that that type of facilities that can cater uh, for the the numbers like uh, like last Saturday uh, to to be able to have, to say to IRF you and to Connacht Rugby we can cater for that. We can put on uh, that uh, type of a show uh, for the World Cup. So it's nice to be able to do that and have it in Craig's. And of course, uh, you know, the recognition that comes from that, like you said, from the Conor Crowby and the IRFU, but also, uh, I suppose there, you mentioned there about like Galway, uh, areas like Galway and all that. And, uh, you, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge area, but people, people uh, must remember as well that, uh, you know, Craig's, even though it's a, it's a small village, the club does cater for a huge catchment area. I mean, there's um, Athlete, Roscommon, um, Fewerty, uh, Ballygar. You know, there's a huge, uh, e- even beyond that, um, that, that it caters for people from uh, Castlery, uh, from from a lot of a lot of parts of the county. It caters for, and uh, yeah, that that takes. Um, as you just said there, it takes a lot of resources as well. So it's a credit to, uh, it's not just one or two, it's it's everyone chipping in really, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a, I agree with you. It's a big catchment area and it does, it does mean that, that parents uh, have to bring their, their uh, boys and girls uh, a distance to, to play uh, in Craig's, but they're prepared to do that. They, they know, uh, that they're being well looked after, they, that the facilities are good, and uh, they themselves can enjoy the facilities if they want to go for the walk or if they want to have a cup of coffee or whatever. Uh, they while while they're waiting on their on their son or daughter, they they can do it. And uh, unlike unlike uh, even though there's the big catchment area, it's still a low populated area comparison to say the the surrounds of say the likes of Galway or. Or, or any of the bigger cities or towns, uh, we still we still have a very low population 
in that whole catchment area. So we're drawing from we're drawing from that and and competing with with other sports as well. So that's but it's good to be able to 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 do that and that the uh, the Craigs and the facilities are there for youngsters to develop and you know it's it's a great foresight by by the committee and the people involved that you know to have that and we all will you know go away um some of us are coming to indoor closer to the indoor years but it's nice to have a legacy left behind us uh that is there for for our sons and daughters and 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 youngsters coming on that's it, and I suppose just to have a look now, uh, a look back at the the weekend, so, some of the results at underage level, and uh, some of the fixtures to look forward to this weekend. Yeah, we 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 had a lot of fixtures at the weekend. Uh, you know, both in boys and girls. Uh, again, you know, we had we won some, lost some, uh, uh, but some great performances and some great some great wins as well. And you know, it's it's great to to be able to compete. Uh, at, at all age groups, as I said there, like from under thirteens up to under under eighteens at the minute, and um, the latest in that, as I said in this program before, that um, we are now putting out um, a women's uh, a senior team as well. So that's the shows the development that has come along uh, through the under age structure in in into uh, uh, to be able to put out a senior women's team, and this will be the first. First time since we had the great women's team in the past that uh, that you know that we're able to do that. But uh, the boys and girls are are fantastic. There, a lot of them are are, are playing both um, with the various schools as well during the week, uh, normally on a Wednesday or Thursday, and the the girls are playing with the convent. Uh, so they're getting plenty of rugby. They're so they get mid at the moment. They're getting midweek games and and um, games on Saturdays and Sundays. So. There's no doubt that uh, there's uh, plenty, of, plenty of sport and plenty of rugby there, there for them. So you know we we have still the same type of program again uh, this week with 14s, uh, 16s, 18s, uh, all out uh, again. So um, that's what that's what we have to keep going, and um, uh, that's there's there's huge enthusiasm like with with uh, coaches involved with the teams. They're all they're all there. They're they're all assigned now. Uh, it's up and running, and they're playing in the various colored leagues uh, um, at, at the present time. And so are the schools, uh, the likes of CBS, are playing at under fourteen level, and they have under you know youths, uh, they have um, juniors, they have seniors, and the same the the convent is putting out uh, a team or two as well. So you know the, locally here in Roscommon, there's the uh, a lot going on, and in the community college, um, there's they're involved as well as Ballygar and Castlery schools and Strokestown. So um, they're all, they're all taking part in the the various uh, schools leagues as well. That's it. That that takes us on to uh, the adult teams, and uh, I think the first team were away to uh, Dunmore. A good win. A great win. Yeah, yeah. We were, you know, this. This was coming on, on losing to them uh, two weeks previously in the Carly Cup. It was the, uh, they wore them up just to see uh, uh, what Dunmore uh, was like. And uh, uh, we were delighted uh, to take away a win uh, last last Saturday evening uh, in, in, in Dunmore. 
again, it was a very tight game. Um, you know, they, it's a game nearly a two halves, always when you go to Dunmore. Uh, that's more on the slope that's on the pitch, and uh, it's easier to play uh, down the hill than up the hill. So, uh, again, um, we we stayed within the game. Um, we uh, they got they started off stronger than us. They got a few penalties, uh, went into the lead. Uh, but Craig's came back and Craig's were comfortable uh, to win out in the end, uh, 27-16. So it was a good uh, uh, kick-off for, for the league, the first game of the Connacht League uh, uh, for Craig's to re- retain its trophy this uh, this year. So um, uh, this weekend, uh, they're away again uh, to another, uh, to a Mio team, uh, Ballonrobe. And Ballonrobe, this is their... Their first league, the second league game in 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 the league is the first. They 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 got promoted last season. So uh, again, we already had a fixture with Ballinrobe in the Carling Cup at the very the very first game of the season, and uh, Craig's won that. So we'd be hoping uh, to repeat uh, the performance uh, again that we had uh, last Saturday against against Ballinrobe and come and come away with a victory. That's it, and I suppose really um, going back to the the Dunmore game, you we were saying there in the Cali Cup uh, lost that game. But I suppose since then, I suppose it's kind of a two pronged uh, for for the for the league game. I suppose in a sense it was kind of you you know obviously you would have loved to have won both, but um, I suppose the important one that you wanted to really get would have been kind of the league because that has more of a reflection long-term throughout the, uh, by the end of the season. So maybe that was kind of the more important one to win. But uh, I suppose... 100 percent did. And uh, yeah. as I said, uh, everyone's mindset was on last Saturday. You and know, of course, to, to, the league, to the league game, to start off the league on, on, on a proper note by getting by getting the win. And naturally enough that we wanted to do more would be our neighbours. And that we wanted to have another one over on them in in relation to the league, they felt probably cocky enough, having beaten us in the Carling Cup, and we knew uh, that with with all our uh, uh, regulars back uh, for for the league game, that we would have a, we had a stronger team uh, last uh, Saturday evening than we had previously in the Carling Cup game. That's it, because I suppose it, it is kind of two pronged for for the second for the league game was that one. A lot of lads had returned, just like you said there. But also, you would have learned that there was a, would have been a lot of learnings from the from um, Dunmore from playing Dunmore in the Carly Cup. So there was a, a things that maybe went wrong in the Carly Cup that you learned from it and brought it into this game. And um, you know, you you were able to put that right in the, in the league game. Oh, very much so. Yeah, with strategy strategy last Saturday evening was uh, was totally different. I, 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 I was away myself. I didn't wa- I didn't see the game live, but I did watch it on video, and uh, it was you know it was a very close encounter in the first half. But then uh, Craig's up their performance in the in the second half, and as I said, they were playing the downhill, which left it a bit easier for them. And as you rightly said, we 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 learned a lot uh, from the the first game, considering that they have uh, probably half the team. Uh, from outside Dunmore, like they would be from from South Africa to parts of Europe and so on. So they 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 had a, you know they have a, a, a strong team for junior rugby. So uh, needless to say, they, with the, with the type of caliber of players that they've brought in, 
uh, they would be hoping to have defeated us uh, last uh, Saturday evening. So I suppose it, it is a, a, a testament that, you know, with all that talent that they had, you, you still came out with a victory. But uh, that moves us on then to uh, the AIL uh, section of it. And I suppose that the Galway-based teams, uh, Carrie Conshannon and, um, you know, Carrie <coughs> Buccaneers and uh, and teams like that and Sligo, um, you know, that are based in the, that are in the AIL. Uh, what's going on with those clubs? Yeah, just before you leave that, I just uh, mentioned our our seconds team and development team that uh, their fixture didn't go ahead last weekend, but they're they're away to to Chum, uh, uh this Saturday evening. So we 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 wish them well, and our first game is on on the Sunday against Ballinrobe. So they're they're two important fixtures uh, for the club uh, this particular weekend. But you you say that the AIL. It, this is the second weekend out for 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 the, the, the likes of Galway clubs and uh, Sligo and Buccaneers. So again, uh, mixed uh, mixed uh, fortunes. Uh, Buccaneers uh, went down again against the college in Cork. Uh, that's their second defeat in 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 the start of the AIL. Uh, so Buccaneers will be hoping that they will get a win at home in the, in their next game and. Uh, Sligo are, are going exceptionally well. They are beating their second northern team. Uh, uh, they previously they beaten Rini uh, last weekend. They beat uh, Dungannon. So it's it's uh, uh, a good start for for Sligo again. Um, Galwegians had a win, and uh, Corinthians uh, they were playing uh, the top team that has been beating everybody by seventy and eighty points. They they came uh, very close and they they actually got a bonus point out of the game. So that that in turn to to play uh, up in Belfast to play in Estonians was a good good result for Corinthians. And unfortunately, Ballina lost out in the in the AIL. No more than Buccaneers. That was their second loss in in the AIL. So they would be hoping for better fortunes as well in in the game. So their other teams are going well though. Uh, Buccaneers on their twenties, um, you, you know, youth rugby is still going very strong in 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 Buccaneers and mini rugby, and and similar uh, within within Sligo. Um, uh, there and they have uh, like a number a number of the teams would would have played Craig's a number of the youth teams in both Sligo and Buccaneers over last weekend. So they you know they um, there's tit for tat between the, the all the clubs. So Carrigan Shannon, you mentioned there too. Uh, Carrigan Shannon kicked off their 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 junior league uh, uh, with with a great win away to uh, Boys Club. Uh, Boys Club uh, is OLBC um, in Galway, and they have the magnumated this season. They had enough for players themselves, so they have uh, amalgamated with Duke Gerard. So you have a giant team there, and that was uh, a fantastic victory for Carrigan Shannon. To start off for their first league game um, last weekend, and all credit to them, and, and good luck to them in the in the, the games for the rest of the season. Again, their their mini rugby, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago we or the weekend before last we had them in Greg's, and they they continue to 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 blossom as well as their youth team. So uh, all all is good at, at Carrick and Shannon as well. That's it, and uh, that takes us on to Connacht Rugby, and finally we'll be uh, they're uh, they're in competitive action now, and of course all the lads, Bund- Bundiaki and 
and Mac Hansen and and a few others are they're back with Connacht now as well. And uh, you know, it, it's good to see them uh, going back into competitive action again. All the all the friend all the preseason friendlies and all the preseason training is over. And uh, now it's down to now it's down to the brass tax, isn't it? It is, but you know, in fairness, just to say uh, the couple of players you mentioned there that from Connacht that was playing with the Irish side and they didn't let the side down, but uh, um, Bundy and and Mark uh, Mac and 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 Finn Beelan, so they 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 will probably be taking the from the necessary break uh, from from rugby for a couple of weeks now. They'll be, be probably fed in over 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 a period of time, depending on. On how their bodies are, and in, in relation to injuries, uh, Mike Hansen would have would have picked up a calf injury. He was struggling a bit in 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 the game against New Zealand. Um, that he he was the doubtful be, before the game, and he had to go off in the second half um, with the when the calf injury recurrence of his calf injury. So uh, you will have that, but as you rightly says, the, it's down now with the. The URC is up and rolling uh, this weekend, and uh, um, Connacht's first game is in the sports ground at three o'clock against the Ospreys. So, uh, again, uh, this is a game that uh, Connacht would be hoping to win. Uh, they have a good record against uh, against Ospreys, and I've seen um, uh, you know their um, past that Eric Elwood would have played the, the combined team that formed Ospreys. Uh, for his last game in the sports ground, so uh, it's good to see uh, Eric is a, uh, Elwood is still involved. Um, he's coach for our development team within Connacht, so um, Eric is there. So there's a new since Andy Friend, the new coaching team there. Uh, we welcome back one of the heroes of uh, of of on the coaching team from the time of of uh, winning the Pro Twelve uh, in John Muldoon was the captain at the time. He's back from uh, from being away in Bristol with with Pat Lamb. He has come back into the fold now with 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 Connacht. He was the, he will be the forwards coach. And uh, Allenton that John puts his hand to. He's a very committed type of an individual. He's another Paul O'Connell that we have in Connacht in, in John Muldoon. And uh, I wish I wish uh, uh, John and and all the the team the, the very best. And again. Jack Carty taking on the captaincy again. It's great to see Jack there, uh, local man, uh, the c- captain of the team. So, and our own Dennis Buckley um, in, involved as well. So, I'm looking forward to the game. Back into it as as I said at the outset of the program. Plenty of rugby to get back into. No better place uh, to to get acclimatised to the Irish uh, weather again as in, in the sports ground. So. I'm looking forward to that uh, this afternoon in uh, in um, in the sports ground. That's it. So uh, it'll be a bit of a culture shock for you now being back in the rain of Ireland and and the whole lot. But I suppose uh, for Connacht, this is um, this is. I know there will be other games throughout the season, but really, this is a key game in the fact that it's at home and it's their first game. It's their first game of the season, uh, in the in the URC. So. The fact it's a home game and also the need to is it's essential to kind of get off get the season off to a win and start as well. So there are two vital things, and uh, you know that that makes it that that makes it 
hopefully easier for them. Well, look, there's no easy game in it, but um, you know, to to get uh, to get a win on on, uh, on at the weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it be you have to really win your if you're going to go anywhere in the URC, you really have to be winning your home games, and uh, because it's very hard when you travel away uh, with the home support and everything to to to, to get to get a win. So, like the, the sports ground is very important, and now with the 4G pitch in the in the sports ground, it should suit the the kind of players, and and they know the conditions. They played in all types of conditions in the sports ground. The majority of the players. So they know the strong points of uh, where to put the ball and uh, where to kick the ball. So no better man than Jack Carty to put it into the corners and hopefully that uh, the forwards uh, will will perform to give the, the, the back line uh, the, the best of ball throughout. That's it. And I suppose that takes us on to, uh, look, unfortunately, not a, not a great day at the office for Ireland on uh, on Sunday. But listen, at the, uh, on Saturday evening, I should say, but look, it's been a, it's been a great World Cup. We really showed showed the other nations what we can do, especially against South Africa. I thought it would have been tougher, maybe again a bit tougher against um, against Scotland, given how you know how they have been playing and they've they've improved. We thought that it would might have been a tougher a tougher task, which would have been kind of better for us ahead of the uh, the the All Blacks game. But uh, I suppose with the All Blacks. Every, this was the game I think everyone was targeting a lot of people would have said maybe the South Africa game would have been that would have been the, the the real one that people want but uh, you know you have to beat the best and the next best I suppose is New Zealand but like no one really was was um yeah, you know, naive to believe that think that oh, you know this is going to be an easy game because the All Blacks uh, you know the quarter final that, that that's where that that's where they're at. That's where they produce their 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 big stuff. A lot of people say, "Oh, we bet them in November internationals. We bet them in this. We bet them in that. We bet them in Soldier Field in America and in a summer tour and all that." But as we know, as we've seen in the last World Cup, and definitely as we've seen on Saturday, um, all that goes out the door because uh, you know in the quarter final, um, they were always going to produce. They were always going to give Ireland. Um, uh, they were always going to give Ireland a, a lot of problems, and that's how that's how it proved. I suppose. Uh, the key to for them was um they had a good start and maybe Ireland uh, it maybe took Ireland a bit of time to kind of kind of settle into the game and like the All Blacks they did settle in and they got the better start and maybe it looked like they they to a certain extent maybe that they'd cruised to it but Ireland did well in the second yeah. half Ireland were much better in the second half and uh, they were kind of unlucky in many ways I suppose uh, in some ways they made. Some mistakes, but um, you know, in, in other ways, now they did they did very well. Well, I, I want to just uh, say, like that, the, the World Cup is uh, a, a great tournament, and uh, it's um, it, it grabs the it grabs all the various nations, uh, all the rugby nations. Uh, everybody was glued to it. Any person that's anyway interested in rugby or wanted to play the game or so on. Like the world, the World Cup is where it's at, and uh, you rightly say that you know you can play all the other Test matches outside the World Cup, but when you get into a World Cup, uh, teams like uh, New Zealand, teams like South Africa, France, other countries, they up their game big time. They're they're planning no more than Ireland was planning four years in advance uh, for, for for this occasion for the World Cup, and it's the same now that 
Ireland will just have to dust themselves off and go down and be ready for Australia in four years' time as well. But I just want to just uh, a knowledge of the great time and the great uh, entertainment that this Irish squad has given us. And, uh, you know, like the, the likes of uh, two people that has announced their retirement already to, to Johnny Sexton, to Keith, the Earls. Players, players like that there have, have given enormous service to this country and uh, they deserve all the credit uh, for bringing the type of enjoyment to, to us all. And, and it showed that way with the amount of travelling supporters that came to every game in, uh, all, over, all over France. And we're, for a small nation, and considering that we are probably about the third, fourth sport uh, within the nation, that it, it, it was absolutely, you would be thrilled to be an Irishman at, at any of the particular games. When you've seen the sea of green, uh, 60,000 people at the Scottish game, and to see the numbers that was there again last Saturday, and meeting people from all over. I was in the company uh, before the game by accident, uh, ran into a couple of friends that I would have played Gaelic football against in, in Leitrim, now earning their, their crust in America, one from uh, New York and, and two that's working in, in San Francisco, uh, went during the the, um, the the downturn in the economy here to, to England when they were, or to America when they weren't able to make it here. And like there were people that I ran into that had travelled long distances from all over Europe and, and different countries to, to get there. So that shows the passion uh, that was there for the Irish team and the enjoyment and the enjoyment that they gave us in all the games that they played. And if I was, had one critical thing about the whole World Cup organisation, it was the way that they did the draw because the draw was wrong. It was uh, the, the four best teams um, was there at the weekend in in uh, in, in uh, South Africa, New Zealand, France and Ireland. And it was so sad to see two uh, the better teams uh, go out at this particular stage. Like the the four them teams should, they were actually semi-finals, and like I'd like people to re- really realize that that they were beaten. You know that France and Ireland were beaten by two top teams on 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 the night. There. And it, it was only one score in both games, and it, it it just was small. It's just small small margins. Had had we grounded the ball that we drove over with about five minutes left on the clock. Um, and like it was only a hand that saved the saved, you know, young, young like the Barretts, uh, they they did a lot of damage to us on the the brothers, the three of them, uh, on 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 the night. And you know they're they're great players. There's so like the All Blacks, they're 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 well known, uh, one of the top sides in rugby. And it was easy to know with the information and and that Joe Smith. Uh, having been the previous coach of Ireland, that he knew most of the Irish players. He knew the, where the, our weak uh, weaknesses was, and he targeted us, and he targeted us uh, very much so at the, at the breakdown. And like uh, the All Blacks were were better uh, on 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 the breakdown than our Irish back row on on on, on last Saturday. And we have to we have to give it to the All Blacks. They they did shade it on the night. But at the same time, we could have won it. We came back, as you're right, it says uh, we were slow out of the blocks that uh, they, they they were up 13 points. 
but we did come back and we you know we, we were there thereabouts uh, for for the rest of the game and you know to, to sad like the the soft enough try that that we did let in in the second half uh, just you know like a missed tackle one missed tackle led to the overlap and you know that's uh, that's how tight it can be and uh, yeah. um but uh, i you know I witnessed, uh, and it was great to be in the stadium, uh, two absolutely fabulous games of rugby. Like for any person that knows uh, about rugby, they, they were the two probably games of the of the year, and particularly the um, uh, the South African and France game on the on the Sunday night. It, it was unreal. I don't know whether it um, that. Been at a game that your own team isn't involved, that you're more relaxed and you can see the rugby. But I enjoyed it, and I felt everyone I was talking to, they felt it was the best game of rugby that they've ever been at. So uh, it was a privilege to be there. It was a privilege to be at the, the the World Cup stages. And there's two great weekends to to uh, to still go, and uh, you know the two semi-finals and the final. The final, uh, I would I would bet nearly at this stage that the final will come down to the two teams down under between uh, the All Blacks, the South Ar- the, uh, New Zealand and uh, the Springboks, uh, South Africa. So, uh, you know, we were looking forward to at least a very good final because I don't think that Argentina and England uh, will will live with either of the teams. That's it. I suppose going back to the Ireland game as well, uh, you know, we, we knew this, as, as you said yourself earlier on there, uh, you know, it was always going to be decided on fine, minute margins or as Paddy O'Shea years ago, the uh, the former Kerry, the former Kerry manager once said, a grain of rice can tip it. And we say it even came down to, we say, and I'm not casting blame on, on him, is, you know, even if that, if that had, um, that penalty had that, um, Johnny Sexton missed. If that would have, would have went over, it could have been a different story. Probably would would that have drawn the game, or would have Ireland won? Or no, it wouldn't. But it would have kept our, it would kept us closer to it, and yeah. maybe with all the pressure that maybe with all the pressure that we were creating towards the end of the game, it would be it could have been like uh, France, where we had over I think probably about thirty seven phases uh, of of rugby that. Uh, he 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 would have the option of a drop goal then to win it, you know. So the uh, that you know the scenario with the four points difference meant that he couldn't go for the drop goal that we that we needed to get the try to to win it. So yeah. that put on extra pressure, you know. And again, it was an important kick, but like to ask of a thirty-eight year old to play a hard game like like that, they, probably the legs were beginning to get a bit weaker and. Uh, you know, after after the amount of rugby that he has that he has played, and you know, been been out for uh, some time before the World Cup, uh, it was it was it was a hard ask. But you know, uh, nobody would nobody could lay any blame on Johnny Sexton because yeah, that's what uh, I meant. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been he's been some some servant uh, to to Irish rugby. That's it, and uh, look, we we wish him all the best in his retirement, and uh, you never know, we we might see him in another role, maybe as a coach with Leinster or something else, or maybe he might pop his head in with Ireland, uh, or even at youth level, I suppose, in the uh, the underage, you know, the under twenty ones or so, the under twenties or something like that. But uh, we we leave that for the, the the future anyway. So listen, thanks very much well, for taking the time out. Well, to, well, well. Yeah. With, a, with a rugby with, with a rugby brain that he has, 
uh, like he's thinking way ahead of of most people. Uh, he he, I I would hope uh, that at some stage to see him back in in uh, coaching. I'm not sure what he has in mind for for the future. I'm sure he will take a long time out to assess what he wants to do in the uh, down down the line. That's it. And uh, th- so thanks very much for taking the time out to do uh, rugby view with us. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you, Aidan. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was myself and uh, Adrian Leddy talking about all things rugby. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? And you're very welcome to this week's GA View with myself, Aidan Rafferty. And of course, as, as always, to talk about all things GA, we have Seamus Duke. Hello, Seamus. How are you? Hello, Aidan. How are you? Not too bad. No, not too bad. And I suppose to, to kick off the show, as we do every week, we have a chat about the about the uh, 50-50 draw and the draw next draw is this Friday yeah this Friday yeah and uh, hopefully there'll be another good winner and uh, we thank everybody as we do every week for supporting Ras FM uh, hopefully uh, a few more people will get in with their envelopes and plenty of time for the draw it's at half two here live in studio on Friday and uh, we wish everyone the best of luck and uh, thank you for supporting Ras FM it's only two euro per envelope three for a fiver and we have an online option as well so uh, thanks for that and the opportunity to highlight the draw and of course it's, you know this is, the money from this is essential for the running of the station James absolutely yeah we need uh, to upgrade the, the equipment here this station opened in 2004 so it's 19 years ago some of the equipment that we have is here since day one so we need to start uh, replacing the equipment and all that costs money uh, and, uh, you know, as uh, the vast majority of the people who work here uh, in Ras FM are volunteers. So uh, we need a certain amount of money to keep the station going. And that's what it's for. And I suppose as well in that, uh, you know, when, when people, um, you, you know, invest or, you know, when they when they take yeah. part in the draw, they're, they're funding some great programs by by all the uh, by all the presenters, not only the presenters, but all the people in the background as well. That's it. Uh, that's it. And uh, it's a community service, and uh, we're proud of it, and uh, we want to keep it going. That's it. So thanks very much once again, everyone, for uh, for taking part and who supported every week. And of course, uh, for anyone new or hasn't taken part uh, in a jest, it's very easy to take part also on the uh, on the online platform on the website, rossfm.ie. So thanks very much for that. So I suppose there are plenty, a lot of county finals and a lot of matches yeah. to cover this week, Seamus. And I suppose... You know, to start off with, last weekend really belonged to boy, the boy ladies senior footballers who uh, had a who had a three eight two to two four uh, win over Clannagale. A historic. Yeah. This could be part of a historic uh, double if uh, Boyle win the seniors. We'll be talking about that later on as well. Yeah, we will. Yeah, I was at that match in Ballyforn on uh, Saturday evening. It was an absolutely cracking match, and there was a very big crowd at it. Huge crowd from Boyle. I just had a feeling from the very start of the match, from the start of the match, that Boyle were playing well uh, and they were absolutely superb on the day. They scored three cracking goals uh, and I have to just... Uh, I know it's a team game and Boyle played well, Ashling Feely played well, Saoirse Wynn played well, Ruth Cox played well, but I have to pick out Roisin Wynn. She was absolutely sensational. It was as good an individual performance as I have ever seen uh, in any grade, in any type of football at club level she was just sensational and uh, she drove her team on she was everywhere on the field it was a cracking game of football Clanna Gale contributed to it they were going for three in a row but what a great story from Boyle they only won the intermediate last year they were never playing senior football before 
and they've won it at their first attempt. So well done to them. That's it. It, it is a very, it was a very historic uh, occasion for for uh, well it could it could be as well uh, for Boyle as well in in the sense that they can still do the double. But uh, you know, I, I suppose really uh, myself and Ray Allen and yourself and and a couple other people, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, I mean that they've been a few years in, uh, in in intermediate as well. They've got to a number of county finals at intermediate level, things like that. Uh, so you know when, when they got into senior and like winning last last weekend, Boyle winning it, it's not really a surprise because this is a, this ah, is really a, a quality. Oh, it had to be a surprise because Clannagale were going for three in a row. In fact, a lot of people were talking about Clannagale as possible kind of club champions. Yeah, and uh, you know Boyle had only come up from intermediate. Uh, I was at that intermediate final last year, but they, you know they had belief in their own ability. Uh, and uh, you know even people who were there beside me were saying ah no Clannagale will come back mm. in the second half and I said watch out uh, they're playing well Boyle and they're not going they're going to be awful hard beaten and uh, they were hard beaten and I thought that you know they were fantastic and I suppose really when you look at this uh, this match for Boyle where was the winning of it because uh, you the winning know the of it was a team ethic and uh, you know when you have players like Roisin win she was absolutely sensational and she's not the biggest player in the world but seriously win their, their full back line was good as well Sharon Kearns played well Ruth Cox out in the middle of the field Ashling Feely got the scores uh, you know they had a number of uh, players who played really well on the day and they, uh, when they got a chance to score a goal they scored it and in fact uh, they missed two good chances of goals as well uh, one hit the post and one was blasted wide so you know Boyle thoroughly deserved to win and of course uh, you know like like you just said there they, they did have uh, they do have quality all over the pitch and that's going to be essential now when, the, when they uh, venture into Connacht now that's kind well, I'd of I'd say it's the last thing on their minds yeah. uh, I'd say uh, they just were concentrating on the Connacht but of course they'll have to play in the Connacht Championship but what a performance to win the the county final! And uh, you know we wish we we say congratulations to them. And uh, uh, of course, as we say, it's part one of of the story. Part yeah. two could be this weekend. And we we uh, say well done to them uh, for winning Absolutely. the county final and the best wishes in the in the Connacht fi- in the Connacht championship. And uh, this weekend sees, as I just said there, the uh, Roscommon Senior Football Championship uh, final county final between Bridges and Boyle. Uh, Boyle. As I said, senior senior footballers could uh, could complete a historic double for the club, but uh, look at they're they're really up against it. This is really a quality uh, a quality and Bridges team. But it's it's like we said on last week's program, Seamus. Uh, we we seen when you, when you consider the firepower Boyle have and they are an exceptional team. You know the fours they have, they're strong in defence as well. Um, their kickouts are good, good midfield as are Bridges. It's going to be it's going to be a tight game, but. It's, Experience-wise, it's hard to see beyond uh, Bridges in this one, isn't it? Well, it promises to be a good game. Uh, Boyle uh, hadn't been in a final for 95 years until last year, and now they're in the second final in a row. So they're looking for the first title in 96 years this year. Uh, and they have some fantastic players. We all know about the Enda and Donny Smith. We all know about Keane McKeown and Dara Craig and Cahill Feely. Uh, and Rock Hanmore and the guys that have been there over the years. But they have a few young players in there like Daniel Casey and, uh, you know, uh, Luke Lennon at fullback who have come up from the minor team, David Flanagan. So they have a nice blend uh, in there. But, I mean, St. Bridget's have just been brilliant in the championship this year. They've put up huge scores. They've answered every question that have been asked in the, question, in the, in the championship this year. 
And you know something that if you realise they haven't conceded one goal, not one goal have they conceded in the championship this year. So uh, while they have lovely forwards, the likes of Ben O'Carroll and all those guys, uh, they have a great defence as well. They have a very strong midfield and, uh, you know, they're a very strong team, St. Bridges. And, of course, with, with Boyle being in the county final last year, as we know, and, of course, the loss, Keith McKeown, who was a huge loss that day as well. He was out with a long-term yeah. injury. Um, even though they lost last year, there, there were still uh, a lot of positives, or not, not positives, but, um, you know, they, they would have learned a lot and got, gained a lot of experience to go in. But what are the main things that they you, you think they would have learned from last year that they can take into this game? that they'll really need against this Bridges team? Well, I was talking to Keane Smith and they reckon that, you know, despite the fact that they tried to keep things calm last year, it was their first final in 95 years, so he reckoned that the hype was a, a, a factor. But he reckons that his team are far more relaxed this year. They're playing more pragmatic football uh, and that, uh, you know, he feels that uh, this year they have a much better chance. Uh, I don't know about that, uh, but um, that's the view from Boyle. Uh, and really, they are a team that are learning how to win championship matches against teams that they would have lost against uh, some years ago. That's it. And of course, you know, like you mentioned, all the quality forwards and, and the, a, a good defence. And I think that's the that's the good springboard for, for any attack as well. And uh, I suppose really for, for both teams, the transition from defence to attack will be will be key in this one as well. Bridget's have some just magnificent players. I mean, Brian Stack at fullback, an all-star nominee. He's one of the best footballers, not alone in Roscommon, but in Connacht. Uh, and outside of them, then Ronan Stack, so uh, experienced. They have Eddie Nolan and Shane Cunyan in the middle of the field, and they have a number of great young forwards, not least Ben O'Carroll, and they have Bobby Nugent and Conor Hand, and uh, they have Kieran Sugru, and they have Bobby, uh, Brian Derwent come in, and they have a lot of very, very good players, Bridget. So, uh, you know, lots of good players on both sides. I hope there's a big crowd there, there should be. That's it. And moving on to uh, the under underage scene, and uh, St. Kieran's had a three uh, had a one thirteen to fifteen point win over Western Gales in the under twenty Division Three football county final. Um, you know, it's great to see the underage county finals now at this time of the year. Yeah, the under uh, St. Kieran's, well done to them, uh, and uh, I believe that they played very well in that final. So, uh, yeah, Division Three, uh, congratulations to them. And uh, also in uh, the underage. Uh, in the minor, uh, Castry St. Kevin's defeated Elfin Balanamine uh, 3-13-1-3. A very convincing win there for Castry St. Kevin's. Yeah, Castry are going well at underage level. They're doing very well. And of course, they're in the intermediate final. So things going well in the Castry club at the minute. And uh, Irog are uh, the, the LGFA, Roscommon LGFA Intermediate Football Champions, uh, beating uh, St. Kieran's 2-7-11 points. Well, they scored a goal with the last kick of the game to win it. Uh, so, well done to them. Another club that's uh, on a high at the moment, Air Oak, preparing for the intermediate final at men's level as well. So, uh, a good year for them. And uh, in also, go- going on to uh, minor hurling now, Four Roads had a huge 5-18 to 3-10 win over Pori Pierce's in the minor hurling final. It just go- it just goes to show you the uh, there's no fear of the conveyor belt of talent uh, fading no. in Four Roads and in hurling. No, absolutely not. Uh, they put up a big score, but I mean, any team that had scored three ten in the final, you'd be expecting to be there thereabouts, and they were blown out of the water by Four Roads. Uh, so 
for Rhodes. Loads of very good players uh, on their team and uh, as you say, uh, the production line uh, continuing to roll. And of course, you, you know, th- these these players from the minors and under-21s and Parry Pierce's are essential uh, for, for Parry Pierce's seniors when you, when you consider how the, how the world is here in, in the championship. Um, you know, like we've said on numerous occasions, the loss of Daniel Glynn is a yeah, huge yeah. loss. Um, but you, you know, There's the, a younger brother who I saw playing recently uh, who's uh, a top-class player though. Yeah, that's it. So we'd be looking forward to seeing him yeah. on the on the club scene, and uh, you, you know they, they do have some good minor, they do have some good yeah. players coming through. So we look forward to seeing that. And uh, going back to underage uh, football again, St Michael St Ronan's had a nine point four win over uh, St Dominic's in the under sixteen Division Two football county final. Yeah, great to see those clubs, but amalgamations, and uh, it's great to see those lads with a chance of winning the county title. And the best of luck to them, and congratulations. And uh, going back to the ladies football and uh, the ladies Gaelic football. Michael uh, Michael Glavies had a four eleven to three six win over Northern Harps in the Junior A final. Yeah, that was a good performance, I believe. And I want to also congratulate Orn, who won the Junior B. Uh, that was in Ballyforn last week. They beat Pierce's in the final. And I also want to congratulate Roscommon Gales, who won the Junior C. Uh, and they won that in a replay last weekend. That's it, and uh, it's it's good to see that uh, for for Scotland Gales because I suppose with, with regards to ladies football, I suppose you know it, it's great to see that the improvement because uh, you know it's it's uh, it's good for the ladies game in the club, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's hope that they move up out of Junior C into Junior B and maybe up along the line there. Uh, it'll be great for for ladies football in the county to see a strong Gales team. And I suppose when you look at the underage talent that they have coming through in the club as well, it's uh, it's good to see you know that th- those players will be coming through, and uh, that that'll be great support for the for the team for the junior team that's there at the moment. Yeah, that's 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 for sure. The town team, the town club. I just want to mention too as well. I see that they're officially opening their new stand, the Paddy Connolly stand, on Saturday at half past three. Uh, there and it's a magnificent structure at Listenamult and we wish the club the best of luck. That's it and uh, the Roscommon LGFA County Board have issued an apology over uh, Ollie Lennon's uh, removal as manager of the Roscommon Ladies Intermediate Team and I suppose that's that's coming from um, the fact that the, the, the players felt mit- misrepresented over the, they were saying that um, he was uh, that the the, play, the board were saying that the players uh, want, right. wanted him removed well there's an apology from Roscommon LGFA and uh, it'd be nice to see this thing resolved I said it last week here but it, it they don't say what they're apologising for yeah so I, I think they should um, clarify that but anyway I don't want to say too much about it because uh uh, there's an awful lot has been said already about it. It's yeah. an awful mess altogether. I just hope it's resolved as soon as possible. But the, I suppose you know the positive thing is it hasn't overshadowed the quality of the football as uh, you know intermediate, junior, ah, junior no, A, junior B, junior. You know, no, it um, and it, it it's brilliant. Make, yeah, it wouldn't make any difference for, uh, to the clubs really. Yeah, but going forward, we need to have a, a solid setup. First of all, at county board level, and then on the field to play for our county teams. And uh, Connor Cox, um, you know, obviously he got sent off in the in, in the last game there, and there was toss that he might be uh, he might miss the county final, but he, he actually uh, he's actually available for selection for the intermediate yeah. football final. He'd be a key th- he'd be a key player for for Eirog now that he's available for the county final. There was a meeting of the county board CCCC and uh, Tuesday night, and uh, 
Era all pleaded their case. He was sent off against uh, Elfin in the semi-final. Uh, but uh, he has got a reprieve. He will play in the county final and uh, a huge uh, boost to Air Og ahead of that final. And look, I, I didn't get to see the incident myself, but um, you, you know, it must uh, you know these things can be decided on, on fine margins whether a player yeah. gets off or you know there there has been times where 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 uh, where it has been increased even a, a suspension but a one match suspension was i think what was what it was going to be wasn't it well he would have mentioned the county be, yeah, yeah for the county final but he'll, he'll be playing now so uh, all right, said that uh, Castlery uh, won't be objection to it either. They'd want to play Airog with a full team. That's it, and I mean, you, you know, like I said, there he'll, he'll bring a lot to this, and uh, I suppose uh, you know his experience and the experience of Colm Lavin as well will be will be huge. It's going to be. It's well, we'll we'll look forward to it. Uh, I'd be looking forward to it. Uh, Next week, and yeah. it's going to be a very interesting county final. But from what, what are your thought? What are your thoughts on this uh, county final, Seamus? Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, Airog have been doing well. They've been very solid under uh, Pat Dory in this championship. Uh, I mean, I tipped Elfin to beat them in the semi-final, so I was wrong. Uh, and they were the deserved winners in the semi-final. Just shows you how hard it is to win the Intermediate Championship. The Intermediate Football Championship in Roscommon is by far the hardest championship to win, by far. Uh, all you have to do is ask Era Oak, first of all, ask St. Dominic's, ask Orden, ask Fiorty, ask any of the, ask Elfin uh, how hard it is to win it. So uh, it's going to be a cracking final and uh, very close to a 50 50 game. I'd have yeah. a slight preference for Era Oak, maybe. Yeah, that's it. And uh, of course, uh, they were all they were in last year's. Uh, County final, and I suppose uh, you know when you compare them playing in last year's county final to this year, you know that they, they would have learned a lot, and hopefully, you know that they, they should be there or thereabouts. Uh, maybe you know there there be things that they probably do this year that uh, or that they didn't do that they didn't do last year that they'll have uh, brushed up on this year, and that they had a like an unblemished nearly uh, county fi- or uh, championship so far but uh, you know this ca- this is a, a very interesting Castries and Kevin's team as well that they're playing in the final Absolutely and uh, very talented players uh, involved in their Castlery team they have a great man over them Dara Brown a guy I have great time for myself great for Scammon man uh, and uh, you know they'll give it everything the likes of Adam McDermott Darren McDermott you know they have a lot of good players there uh, and uh, there won't be much in it. And of course, as we know, the county senior manager, uh, Davy Burke, as well, has taken huge interest. He's been, I think, he's been at nearly all he's of the games, or if game. not most I've met of them. Him at almost every game I was at, he was at. You know, and that that's uh, that, that's great that he's kind of coming the you know both uh, I suppose the intermediate and the senior as well as the senior because uh, there can there can be uh, nuggets of gold at intermediate level as well even though most uh, most of the players will probably be uh, senior but as we know uh, Connor Cox plays for Airog an intermediate club he's uh, he's fe- he features heavily and one or two lads from from, from Fury were in the. Uh, um, we're in the champ. We're in the county panel as well over over the number oh, of years. There's a number of guys from Eirog as well. You have James yeah. e. Green. You have Ender Crawley. You have Brian Green, who's only a minor. You have, you know, there's several very good players there in Castlery. You have Adam McDermott. Do you know, there's several players there. Uh, playing intermediates that are well worth a look. And of course, uh, the, there's also go- some good players from uh, the, the county under twenty one scene, uh, the the county under twenty one team, and uh, the minors will be coming o- coming up over the next couple of years as well. Some good talent there as well. 
Absolutely. Plenty plenty of food for thought for David Burke. There you go. So uh, it, it, it's good for the for the strength and depth, I suppose. But it's also a reflection of, um, you know, the, the quality of players that are in uh, and the hard work that are goes in by the, by the coaches of all of all these teams. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be it's going to be very, inter- very interesting county final. So we'd like to take this opportunity to wish uh, all teams that are in county finals all the best of luck. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm looking forward to Sunday's match between Boyle and St. Bridges. Let's hope there's a great crowd. Biggest crowd that I have seen in my time at the county final was there last year between Boyle and Strokestown. I know it was a unique pairing, but let's hope there's a big crowd there at Hyde Park on Sunday. That's it, and let's hope, let's hope there's a good good weather for us as well. So listen, absolutely. thanks very much, Seamus, for taking the time out to do, uh, to do uh, GA viewers, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Aidan. No problem, thanks very much. And that's uh, Seamus Duke and myself talking about all things Hello everyone, how are you doing? You're, this is Aidan Rafferty here and uh, myself and uh, Brian and uh, we're here for the we're uh, nearly finished but there's about five minutes plenty, plenty of time left and we're going to be reflecting on uh, Ireland's performances this is the soccer team now yes folks, we're back to uh, the soccer uh, we're going to be just looking back at Ireland's defeat to Greece last Friday and of course they're uh, they're, they're, they're their win against um, against uh, Gibraltar on Monday. Now, look at um, I suppose a lot was hoped. Uh, you know, really, we we know the quality of the players that uh, this Greek team had. Uh, a lot of people were giving us uh, slim chances, and I suppose when you when you see the performance, it was kind of justified. Um, but Jeannie, really, really, Brian, from the start, it just didn't go well for Ireland. No, I think. I think everyone just wants this nightmare to be over. You know, when the groups were made, everyone was kind of optimistic that, you know, we get a win at home to Greece and a draw away, if not beat Greece away. But, uh, yeah, it's just turned into a nightmare, you know. We actually had a good start. We hit the post in the first few minutes and had another chance after that. But then Greece, who I feel are at the level we're at, but I thought mm-hmm. they were, thought we were a bit better than we are. Um, they just completely took over, you know, the players in midfield, not afraid to get on the ball, completely took over the game, and, uh, yeah, just a nightmare, another nightmare in the era of Stephen Kenny. Yeah, because, I mean, really, when you, when you look at it, um, you know, the first game, obviously, you know, we were at home to France, or, yeah, you know, so, I mean, when you look at that game, you know, the, obviously France won it. But we we gave them a game. We could have. We that's a game we could have won. Imagine like beating France with yeah. the world champions, and uh, you know really played really well. And and like I think that gave us hope. Even though we lost, it gave us hope for the the campaign ahead. But then it was just back to the same old. Like I mean, the lads were talking about last last Sunday. Like there, there's been no real changes. Obviously, he's brought through through a lot, a lot of players and all that. But it's like I think think Dietmar Hammond was saying like. You know, it's it's all for nothing if, if if it's more the same and and there's no real changes and you know we were hoping for a bit of optimism and a, and a bit of uh, you know oh the future looks bright and it is now with, with the under twenty one players uh, that that are coming through it's it's looking good but I mean at the moment I mean if you if you look at uh, John uh, Scales and uh, Evan Ferguson and a few others. And I mean, like you know, I suppose the the leadership of uh, Shane Duffy and a few other and a few other players. But really, it's it's, it's is it the style of football? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. It, to be honest, I think a win over France would have just papered over a lot of cracks. Yeah, uh, the performances are far worse uh, if you look deep into them. Like but if, if we had won that, 
then the pressure would have been really the no. pressure would have been on us so like have we won that and then then lost then you know it no. would have been we're back to square one again yeah um, like it's just he's just as a manager he just can't seem to take criticism at all no, you but know, he doesn't. He doesn't take responsibility. Like no, I mean, exactly. there are the players we've seen. Ogbeni, you know, a few of the other players. Oh, I felt bad, and yeah. you know, it was my fault, and all that. And then he, like, he's the one that picks the team. He's the one that counts. Like I think the blame should be fifty-fifty. And oh, but he's like this. Oh, we should have done this. We could have done that. We need to do this. We need to do that. But he doesn't actually say it's down to me. It's not just the players. Yeah, it's, it's down like to me. He's allergic to criticism, which is strange for a manager you know usually managers take on all the blame but uh, you know his team selections are just strange like you know it's like he wants to get his best 11 players on the field no matter where mm. what position they're in, like playing Liam Scales at left back yeah. he's a centre back and Ryan Manning who's probably arguably one of the best left backs in the championship you know leaving him off the bench and then taking off taking off Collins and then putting Scales in centre back mm. and bringing Manning on like you know just strange selections but like we just don't have the footballers at the end of the day you know we have no footballer in midfield that could take the ball turn play it into Ferguson it's all lateral passing and I think everyone in the country just wants the nightmare to be over now and get a new manager in but then you know who's going to want that job like yeah. you look at that team and you're coming there as a manager alright we've got players coming up under 21 but you know there's a big step up from under 21 to international football it is yeah you know we have four players in the Premier League uh, one in the top half first. out of 23 and when you when you consider one of them is uh, you, you know he, he plays for Celtic and he, there's only one player no well one player playing in uh, the Champions League and one Celtic. in the Europa League that's it that's it one in the top half and four three in the bottom half you know it's not really, do you know? Like, and the rest of them are in the, the rest of them are in the championship and the league yeah. one. And I know we keep harping on about, but that is the real, the real, the reality of it. Now, yeah. um, I suppose look at going, at, looking ahead, looking ahead to the mon- Monday. Obviously, look, they got a, they got a good win, but again, uh, look at anyone that knows anything about football, you have to say that as it is. Uh, a paper, uh, you know, uh, you can't really say, "Oh, yeah, it was great to get the win," but it was only against Gibraltar. Yeah. I mean, like they're not exactly world beaters. No, if, if that was France, now you say, "This is brilliant." Yeah. But you know, I mean, I mean, but we still have to, we, we still have to play um, the Dutch well, and uh, that. Well, like that, it's you know against Greece. You know they put one cross into the box, mm. great goal. We're afraid to put cross in the box, but tap tone around the back, and then you know four nil against Gibraltar. Gibraltar the only team not score in the whole qualifying campaign yeah. San Marino scored that was, they were the second team so yeah I think um, he seems to be persistent with this playing from the back but do we have the players to play from the back we don't it's, if we had no one up front you know we get uh, get balls up front get Ferguson to hold up the ball you know big strong lad I know he's only 19 big strong lad well able to hold up the ball play off him play to our strengths but you know for some reason he has this philosophy you know in one hand you have to for sticking to it, but like mm. you know, where is he going to go after this? Back to the League of Ireland. Yeah. Well, is this that is it. Like, can is any team in the lower leagues of England going to want him? Well, this is it, and I mean, really, when you look at it now, I suppose, um, like uh, delayed, like they said. It's he's not he's probably not going to get his uh, the the contract renewed. So I mean, it's a matter of bringing in a new one. Uh, a lot of people are saying maybe. Uh, you know, Robert, Robert Roy Keane, and oh, no, I think we 
Lee Carsley and, and things Lee like Carsley that. Lee Carsley is managing England 21, 21s, you know. You have Premier League players playing that squad. Like, yeah. You know, I know he probably would want to manage Ireland, but what he wanted at this stage of his career. You know, because if you go into a job like Stephen Kenny has done and underperform, do you know, it's, so it's, my, my it's a bit of a poison chalice yeah, at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, like, like, we have under 21 players coming through, but I think I think it's going to be a lot of short term pain, I think, for. For a long term gain, yeah, it's it's cutting the cloth according to the measure, really, isn't exactly, it? Yeah. So, listen, folks, thanks very much for taking the time out to listen to us, uh, uh, to listen to the show for the last two hours. I'd like to thank everyone who comp- who uh, who um, contributed to the show, and of course uh, Brian as well for uh, for his thoughts. And I think we we, we had a, a great discussion there at the start as well. I think we we. Uh, uh, we we put a lot of things to to rights I think, uh, and the predictions. Let's hope let's hope we do let's hope we do a bit better. Well, I hope I do better in the in, in the predictions this weekend. So listen, uh, there, there's a lot as we just said there. There's a lot going on over the weekend, uh, county finals and the like. And of course, don't forget the two World Cup semi-finals. Um, so enjoy that. And if you're going to any of the games, enjoy them. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. So until then, bye.